People, 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 welcome back to yet again another pre-recorded podcast of the Arsenio Buck Show. You already know who it is. It's Arsenio Buck reported not live from Bangkok. Man, it's so good to be back. It's so good to be had. Today is the ending of failure. Guys, you really have to look at it this way. Man, I remember I was going up the escalator at about 9.45 a.m. yesterday morning. Morning! I was going up the escalator, and here it is, Ray Dalio on an interview podcast with Gary Vee talking about people just don't understand. They think failure is permanent. But the thing is, failure is not permanent. If you're, not, if you're learning something from it, that's all part of the process, and it's part, it's part of the process, and it's part of success. So many people look at Failure as being just the end of time. Oh my God. And see, that's one of the biggest killers in all of humanity. Because once you realize and look back and go through all the turning points, which I've done in my financial history, you're going to realize that this was all supposed to happen, people. Now, it's finally time. And yes, I mean, it is time to get into Napoleon Hill's turning points, in which ultimately... Oh my God, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna spoil it right now, but I really want to just get into this. And so I wrote down the turning points. Again, if you guys want to tune into this, the ArsenioBuckShow.com is going up a tomorrow morning. So if you guys want to get into that, you can if you want. If you don't want to, then it's all gravy. But you know what? I'm gonna read right out of this because I took some real good points, what he was trying to make in all of his turning points, and how it ultimately ended up turning into something that I'm doing today. So Turning point number one, he said after finishing business college, he secured a position as a stenographer and a bookkeeper, right? He held that position for about five years. He saved money. His bank account amounted to thousands of several thousand dollars and his reputation began to spread rapidly, such as what's happening in my life right now. And then kindly, the hand of fate reached out to him and it gave him a little gentle nudge. His employer lost his fortune and he lost his position and of course what happens when you lose your position you lose your job that's what it means this was his first real defeat and even though it came from a result way out of his control of course it was his boss he should have learned a lesson from it but he didn't he didn't learn it until many years later so then, of course, the second turning point after that happened, he said his next position was a sales manager for a lumber yard, right? His advancement, it was, it was real quick, okay? His salary increased twice as much from the year before, okay? But then again, a little stroke of lightning out of a clear sky. The 1907 panic swept down upon him. Whichever that 1907, uh, that 1907 panic was, I'll probably have to get into it in more detail. And he went on to write, he said, it rendered me an enduring service by destroying my business and relieving me of every dollar that I possessed. Ouch. See, after a while, you begin to realize and say, you know what? Just give up. See, after that second failure, so many people give up. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to keep focusing. Here we go. Let's keep focusing. Third turning point. It required that 1907 panic and the defeat. That it brought him to divert and redirect all his efforts from that lumber business to the study of law. Okay, so he started studying law when he went into law school. And he thought it was with firm belief that he would emerge. He attended it at night, worked as an auto salesman during the day. Okay, and, it, and again, he was beginning to near the end of the rainbow. Oh, 
I'm going to talk about that rainbow. I'm going to talk about that rainbow because that rainbow is so sexy. Again, he knew that at last he had found that niche in the worlds of work, right? And that nothing could swerve him off course. But the banker knew that he was, his banker knew that he was prospering. Therefore, he loaned him some money with which he was able to expand a couple of things from, right? A peculiar trait of bankers, a trait which may be more or less developed in the remainder of us also. Is that with that loan of money was without any hesitation that it ended up propelling him and dooming him again. And you know what? Because it was obviously loan, keyword loan, he fell hopelessly into debt. Took over his business. And the and you know what? Guess who ended up taking over his business? The bank. And you know what? He only deemed that to be a temporary defeat. That temporary defeat as failure. It's only temporary. Defeat is only temporary, but you learned something from it. Not to take money. See? Fourth turning point. He got his position at an advertising manager agency out there in Chicago. He was earning like $5,000 a month. And back in the early 1900s, that was big money. And he said he was coming back by leaps and bounds. Gradually, the rainbow, the, well, I guess you could say the rainbows then began to circle around him yet again. That shiny pot of gold was almost within reach, he felt. And then he went on to talk about self, uh, self-approval being a very dangerous state of mind. And next thing you know, he said, this is a great truth, which many people do not learn until the softening hand of time is rested upon their shoulders. And so he went on to just keep talking about, of course, the turning point number five, turning point number six, turning point number seven. But that turning point number seven, that was it. This is the most beautiful thing right here. So let me get right into it. He said the publication of Hill's Golden Rule magazine uh, brought him a contract. Okay, and the next, you know, he was taking these classes with some of the biggest thinkers all over the country. Gave him a big chance to be heard. The message of optimism and goodwill among men that is carried because, you know, it was just so popular at that time. And then at that time, at that given point, of course, 1919, after the World War One, people were celebrating in the streets and he was actually in his office. During that entire publication, that was it. Hill's Golden Rule Publication Magazine. He was working right out of his office. Saw all these Americans celebrating in the street, celebrating the end of war. And basically it came like this. He said he was in Dallas, Texas, and there was a downpour. A downpour of rain came down while he was in a restaurant. And he said specifically, he said the water was pouring down over the plate glass window in two great streams. Two great streams. Playing backward and forward. And from one of these streams to the other were actually little streams. Making what resembled a great ladder of water. And before his eyes, something flashed. He said this could be a splendid lecture. Seven turning points. And he can call it the magic ladder to success. And you know what? On the back of the envelope... He began to outline the 15 points out of which that lecture was going to be built. Those 15 points were the 15 lessons. 15 lessons of what? 15 lessons of this book. You see how this all works? People, I cannot make this up. See, that rainbow, we have that rainbow all the time. He literally, all those set, the seven turning points, he created it into a lecture that formulated into 
an outline that formulated into one of the greatest books that has ever been written by man that has strongly influenced me. He took those unbelievable failures and told it as a success story. And this is why I must do a TEDx at Tamasat University here in Bangkok. Because that story, this story that has happened, guys, just a couple weeks ago, I thought my life was completely doomed within probably, what, three seconds until I snapped out of it. My job was threatened. He said, if you want to continue working here, you, we're going to have to have this meeting. He sat there in front of me and he just, everything that I said went right over his head. He did not take any of it. Nothing. And the most, and, and, and it's, a, and I don't know how to, I really don't know how to break this down. But everything I've endured from racial hatred to everything that is going on in my life right now, man, I'm looking at three big boxes. And I'm going to be moving into a beautiful condo and have some of the biggest projects that are going to skyrocket. Basically, what I have in my savings right now, I'll get as a one-month salary. But is it all about the money? Hell no, I can give a damn about the money. It's all about the connections and who I meet along the way. See that failure? He turned into one of the greatest successes. See, just recently, I actually got an email from one of. <laughs> I just got an email from one of the, uh, what is it? The coordinator, the uh, of course at my school, and it's so funny because he went on to say, you know, there's going to be a Christmas party and whatnot on a specific day, and he was talking about it's going to be in a specific location and whatnot. Uh and he was talking about you know Christmas presents and stuff and festive and cheer. And he said, occasion, I like this, he said, quote, occasion is to thank you all for your hard work and contributions throughout the year. Pretty funny, huh? The hard work throughout the year, expunging me from a job. See, you got to learn from this. You got to really look at it from the big picture. You really need to dig way deeper into what is really trying to be said. See, I could have taken that as a failure and I could have taken my black behind back to the Americas and souk like all the other ones are souking all around the streets talking about I am not doing what I've always wanted to do because of him, because of her, because of my mother, because of my father. No. As I was exchanging and getting these insults hurled at me, I said, there's something trying to emerge in my life right now. Face value, it's a fucked up situation. Excuse my French. It is. It really is. But at the same time, what's about to unfold right now is going to change my life forever. And next thing you know, two days after that meeting, somebody came into my life for the first time in a long, long time. A couple hours later, I got offered another project. Another three hours after that, I got a massive project at an embassy. Next thing you know, three days later, I got a job offer in Costa Rica along with a bunch of Chinese jobs. One week later, I got offered a job. Just yesterday, I'm sorry, just two days ago, I got called in for an interview. And what's even more amazing about that, that particular interview, that particular place, that particular job, they're willing to pay me a wage that my present job has never paid me per hour even working at companies. 
even working at that company that expunged me from obviously racism. This new job is going to pay me that per hour just being in class. That's in-house. Can you imagine what's going to happen after that? Outside of that. I'm telling you people, I cannot make this up. Failure, if you're not learning anything along the way, then what's the entire process for it to begin with? These losses, these losses are beautiful. I love Gary Vee because he says, you know what, these losses are great. I love taking losses because next thing you know, when I, when, when I end up succeeding, I get to go back and stick it in their fucking face and then he gets so like, animated. Excuse my French, but he actually says this. And that's not what my intention is. That's not what my intention will be. But it's going to be funny as F word. (laughs) It really is. When I'm able to do a TEDx. Go to American Samoa. Go to Morocco to do another TEDx next year. Go to Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. Do the trifecta in the Spartan race. All of this that's going to happen. And my continuation of changing lives. And next thing you know when people are like. Wait Arsenio you remember me? Yeah man we were friends and this. And I'm like no I remember you. You're my brother. You told me that mom never wanted to see me again. Just a year ago during the NBA finals. Yeah I remember you. And I'm going to say thank you. I will never go back and stick it in anyone's face. Hell, I'm just another ordinary human being. But to actually look back and say, wow, that really happened. That actually took place. These events have occurred. The people who stuck their finger in my face, all of this was done because it was all part of the process and being failure. That failure I need. I need it. We need it. But remember, it's only temporary. Don't let it ground you forever. Think about failure, man. I've told you guys about my financial failures, having just literally $10 in the bank in a foreign country. Embassy probably wouldn't even be able to help me because I would have to get to the embassy. And the embassy was probably about 13 hours by, you know, car away. At that specific moment, I made an oath to myself never to be that broke again. That was the biggest turning point in my life. And now looking at my bank account, looking at this and looking at that, seeing what's about to happen next year, which is absolutely, oh my God, I don't even know where to go. All of this that's taking place right now, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I'm actually recording this just the night before. And I could really look back. I'm I'm actually recording this, yeah, the pre-recorded podcast, doing it the night before. I could actually look back and, man, I was listening to music. I was getting my vocals going. I was like, yeah. I was doing all kinds of things. And next thing you know, a song that hasn't been on Spotify for three years, it came back. Mink Condition. One of my favorite songs. So here I am singing at the top of my lungs, glancing over to my right, looking at some boxes that I just put together that I'm going to soon begin packing and putting all my stuff into to move to one of the most gorgeous places ever to start one of the most remarkable lives one could ever imagine. It all came from An absolute slap in the face, which I've been receiving so many times in this country. And I never gave up. I never gave up. That physical failure, 2005 Sunrise Regional Championships, I never gave up on that. Because of that failure, I've had all the success today. 
because that pain of of just losing it all in just 40 seconds that killed me it killed me for the best part because this is what propels us that failure means everything in the world guys i'm telling you do not look at failure as permanent you have to look at it as temporary most more importantly what lesson is to be learned out of it out of that failure what lesson is to be learned because once you get that lesson you'll realize that all the failures that we endure in our life they're all meant to be and that's the greatest part of this chapter napoleon hills failure i'm so grateful for being able to look at this and to read the things i've had I've read, you know, throughout, uh, you know, the golden rule and so many different things and people listening to me from all around the world. Listen closely. Hear me closely. Because these things, all these problems we have, they're all lessons and it's not permanent. Just remember that. With that being said, people, this is the end of the failure chapter. Now, of course, we got intolerance that's going to be coming up real soon. I'm sorry, tolerance, which is lesson 14. Then we got lesson 15, which is the golden rule, but I won't be getting into that because I have to go back and get into the lesson before failure, which is more than likely cooperation. I've told you guys about cooperation a many of times, and I'm going to have to reiterate myself quite a few times. But this is a very, 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 very important chapter. So, guys... Thank you very much to, uh, for tuning in to another pre-recorded podcast. This is your host, Arsenio, as usual. Over and out. <laughs>